And thank you again, Rich Palladino, the voice of New England, always making us sound so good. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is I. I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin Juice Cannon. Boom. Boom, baby. Juice, we, as we have been mentioning for many, many weeks, are on the road to WrestleMania, and this will actually be our last episode that comes out before WrestleMania, which is super duper exciting. I am so happy for that. And I think you and I are in agreement on how the main event of WrestleMania is going to go, that being the unified wwe universal heavyweight championship match between cody rhodes and roman reigns i think you and i are in agreement that cody's probably going to come out on top on this one and rightfully so we've said it before he is a red hot baby face those are very rare especially nowadays in wrestling so i think wwe should capitalize because cody also recently said in an interview that he wants to work every single night and defend the championship too so i'm completely for that because I want to talk about a little bit of a retrospective on today's episode as kick us off. A retrospective on the Tribal Chief. Roman Reigns has a 900-plus day title reign going on. It has spanned multiple WrestleManias at this point. It is currently the longest WWE World Championship reign in over 30 years, with Hulk Hogan's being the last one. And... Uh, Roman has walked out of two WrestleManias being the headliner, both of which he got titles. So I'm going to run down the list here real quick, Juice, of just some of the title defenses that Roman has had in his reign. It has been 27. Cody's going to be his 28th. The names include Jey Uso twice, Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, a lot, actually. I realized I didn't realize he fought Kevin Owens as many times as he actually has in this title reign. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Edge, Cesaro, Rey Mysterio, John Cena, Finn Balor, both in his normal human form, and the Demon. Still, really, really hate that match. Brock Lesnar, Sami Zayn. He defended against Seth Rollins, who won via disqualification. He has also defended against Goldberg. Brock Lesnar again, Matt Riddle, Brock Lesnar again, Drew McIntyre, Logan Paul, which that match was better than it had any right to be, Kevin Owens once again, and lastly, Sami Zayn. I think for a 900-day title reign for him to have 28 defenses is a little, not a lot, and I understand that Roman's schedule currently is like he doesn't work as much as the normal superstar, which rightfully so, he is a megastar did you hear that poppy going on raw the other night i mean before he even got out of the car that was like a 90s attitude era pop for a car driving into the arena like it was wild he's over you can't deny the fact that the tribal chief is over i would have liked to see more title reigns but the amount of people he's beaten just in terms of star power is impressive and i think overall that the reign's been good 
but there have definitely been some points I wish that the title would have changed hands. So before we start getting into any of that, I want to hear a little bit of your retrospective on, on the title reign overall. Honestly, I thought the number of defenses would have been higher, but uh, that, that makes sense since he definitely passed year, he became more like part-time. I kind of like it though. I don't, I, I think that just means more builds between matches. And a lot of these matches that we talked about have had fantastic buildup and storylines to it. Like the whole Kevin Owens trilogy had a great buildup. The recent one had a pretty solid build. Obviously, the Sami Zayn recent match did. First Sami Zayn match, that was a squash. <laughs> that really wasn't about a Sami storyline. That was part of something else. That was part of Brock stuff, really. Lots of build to a lot of these feuds. I think they've done really well. I've been a fan of his reign, I think, for as long as it's been. Like, when I was starting to lose interest, they always found a way to get me back into it. But I do think it's time for it to end, even though there are some, like, rumors that it might not end the way people expect it to. But, uh, you know, I am I am rooting for Cody. I think he's the guy to end it. I think it's the perfect time to end it. I think it's time to move on from the reign of reigns, uh, the never-ending reign of the tribal chief. I think the only thing I'd really change is this is more of a fan from a fan perspective than what makes sense in the story, even though it, I think it would have made sense, even though the storyline where it's headed now doesn't make sense. I would have sent me one win in Montreal. That pop would have been nuts. That would have been crazy. I would have started bursting in tears of pure joy. I think the wrestling, like wrestling Twitter, like wrestling online, the IWC just would have like just exploded and I think the buzz that it that moment would have got, it, they're doing great right now. But I think that would have, oh, that would have been massive. And I think that's something they could have capitalized on for marketing in the WrestleMania and being like, can we capitalize on the Sami Zayn stuff? It, it would have been, it would have been so good. I think it would have been perfect. But um, I'm fine with where things are headed now. Uh, you know, it, uh, you're. They're Triple H, all of them. They're there for a reason, and I'm on my couch for a reason. So, I think BC, when BC Hunter was on our episode uh, a few months ago, put it best when he said that it's not Sami Zayn's story to go to the title. And while I agree with you that pop would have been crazy, the buzz it got would have been crazy. It would have been the mankind sort of win. I still think that that Roman should have come out after more specifically after that conversation with BCA. I think that Sammy should have won where I would have had a, a, a gripe with this is the Drew McIntyre in Clash of the Castle. I've said it plenty of times in this podcast that pop would have been massive, too, because it just it was a perfect storm. It almost seemed similar to the Sammy stuff. Like Drew was looking red hot and Drew is a good baby face. I know we always say it all the time. I wish he was a heel. I wish he was a heel. He's a good baby face too. And he just looked like he had the momentum. The scene was right. The crowd was hot. The match was pretty good. And Roman came out on top, but it is what it is. 
that is really the only point I think though. And I think you said it in your explanation too. It did at some point start to get a little trickled down, a little watered down, but the bloodline stuff has been phenomenal. And then the Sami Zayn coming in and really giving it the juice, the boost that the story needed. And then now Cody with the finish your story stuff is, is really great. So I think overall that the Roman Reigns title reign has been one of the more memorable ones, especially in the last decade or so. I think that it is really interesting. And I think Juice, you can, as somebody that started to get back into wrestling during like the LOL Roman wins era of the fans used to hate Roman as champion, or even the idea that Roman Reigns could be a WWE champion. And WWE finally bit the bullet, gave him a heel title run, and people loved it. Nobody has really complained too, too much about this 900-day title reign. And I think it's just really interesting to show how turning somebody or just tweaking a character, because realistically, he's a little meaner. Like, of course, he's a little meaner. But Roman has always had that little mean streak. Like, they always really made him, like, the like try and be a tweener. But in reality, they wanted him to be, like, an ultra-mega babyface. And... His, his in-ring stuff has always been pretty good. Roman's always been a good worker for a guy his size and his strength too. And his look is great. I'm so glad they got rid of the vest. The vest was fucking awful. The, I love the glove. I love the entrance. I love Paul Heyman being involved, though Roman really didn't need it. And I think, again, Raw last night, like I think that that was a really good culmination of like that could be Roman's last championship appearance before he loses the titles at WrestleMania. And I think that he's going to get like a hero send off, essentially. I think that the crowd will probably applaud him off camera. It'll probably be well, well received if he, if he loses. And I personally think that it was a success. I think WWE finally got Roman their big title reign that they wanted. And he is a star mega star. I would not doubt if we see him get into Hollywood anytime soon, but I was happy to be here to acknowledge the tribal chief because put the ones up for Roman Reigns. That was, and still is, a good title reign. Something that people are getting soured on, though, Juice, is one Bray Wyatt. Now, you and I are big Bray Wyatt fans. That's no doubt in anybody's mind. We've said it plenty of times. We love his mind for the business. We love his creativity, and we just love him as a person. But there's been a lot of rumors circulating recently regarding um, his match that was supposed to happen at WrestleMania with Bobby Lashley that seems like it's off the table now. And I know there's been a lot of rumors regarding creative differences or his ideas have been just too wacky, wild out there that WWE is just not considering them. And that's putting Bray on the sideline. What are you thinking of this? I mean, I know it's a lot of rumors and nothing has really been confirmed, but we haven't seen Bray since the Mountain Dew pitch black match in a in a in ring setting, at least. And I don't know. It was hokey. And I know we talked about it during the time of it. I it was a little too much. It was just a little too over the top. And I don't know. I, I don't think I'm soured, but I've seen plenty of people on Reddit, Twitter saying like Bray Wyatt essentially has jumped the shark and they don't want to see much of him anymore. Yeah, it's all strange to me, especially how excited the wrestling world was when he returned to Extreme Rules, and then um, interest was just lost immediately. People never really got into it. Ellie Knight, they're like, where's the story going? There's like no, it's been like three months, and very minimal progress was made, which was really true. Like, 
really not much at all was really achieved at all in terms of the character and character development and story development. And even after the, the, the match at the Rumble, like, nothing was really achieved from it, which is just not a good use of a guy like Bray Wyatt or a guy like LA Knight, because LA Knight's a huge megastar too. Um, so much potential there. I hope they can figure, part of me hopes they can figure out with Bray, but part of me hopes that he kind of goes elsewhere. And I think if Impact's able to pay him the money that he's worth, I think that's just such a good landing spot for him because they, the dark characters always excel there. Like we saw what Jeff Hardy did and so Rosemary and so many others. And they really let the talent um, really control what they do and have a huge say, which can be dangerous, I guess, and Bray Wyatt's full these rumors are, right? But um, I don't know. It'd be a huge draw for them. That's why I'd like, like, I'd, I'd love to see that happen. But, you know, that that's not really a possibility right now. So I just got to hope that WWE figures out gives us a Bray White we want or um, they, they're able to find like a, a middle ground between what Bray wants and what they want for story and give us something entertaining. It's something that like gives us rewards. Like uh, I'm, I'm pretty patient. Like I've been pretty patient that Bray White's thing and I never like soured, but it wasn't really until that um, Mountain Dew match that like I was like okay uh, they need to do something they need to fix this like I was pretty patient for a few months like people there was no progress but I was like I'm 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 still in it I'm still watching but something needs to be done and I don't want Bray to go away from wrestling too I just you know fix it fix it give me wet give me Bray um I, I, but I don't know I don't really know how exactly to fix this. Yeah, I, I really don't either, in all honesty. I, we're not any closer to figuring out who Bray Wyatt was during the pitch black match. We're not any closer to figuring out who Uncle Howdy is. We're not any closer to figuring out who the, like, in real life Firefly Funhouse puppets are. We're not any closer to figuring out why Bray was sending those weird messages. We're not any closer to figuring out what door he's going through. Is it the door to the Firefly Funhouse? Is it the door to his ego, his alter egos? Is it, you know, I don't know. We're not any closer to figuring out why he was fucking with Alexa Bliss for a little bit. We're still not any closer to figuring out why his logo keeps appearing behind LA Knight in his promos backstage. We're literally nowhere closer to anything. If anything, the pitch black match made things more confusing. And I love characters. I love The Undertaker. Grew up on that. And I just think that it's getting convoluted. And I just really do hope that, like you said, they find some sort of creative middle ground. I don't think he's going to be leaving WWE anytime soon. And those are famous last words. It always is. But I really liked the impact shout. I know that's one thing that you and I talked pretty extensively about when he was a free agent of if he went to impact, he would excel and you can murder people on in, on impact wrestling. And I feel like if Ray had the ability to murder, especially he murdered himself, that there would be a lot of layers to that Ray Wyatt character, or whatever character he would bring into impact purely for the fact that he could like kill things, which 
I think WWE is really shying away from from killing people or things in general in their TV programming. <laughs> but one thing, Juice, that we killed, and that's probably not the best thing to say, is our prediction on booking AEW. Because we got all four of the AEW pillars coming to the ring in MJF's Bob Mitzvah celebration and they threw mjf in a cake too that was pretty good not gonna lie i like seeing heels going through cakes people in general going through cakes except if it's at a wedding that's like the only place it's not acceptable because as somebody who's like slowly planning a wedding that shit's fucking expensive (laughs) but we got what we wanted we we said that that was gonna come out i know it was heavily rumored and a lot of people were talking about it on social media and stuff but uh, what do you think about like how that segment went down originally? Really liked it. Like I keep rewatching it. I keep rewatching the entrances of when all three of them just came to the ring back to back to back. And then I keep watching their promos they had at them, how they just like totally hijacked it. Um, I loved the whole segment. It was it's, it was an awesome opening to a wrestling program and to dynamite. And this feud could really, really get me back. I mean, I mean, I still watch AEW. I'm like, I watched that live. <laughs> um, yeah, the, it could definitely really hide my interest. And it's a perfect time to do it, really st- steal some of the limelight from WWE going into their big season. So I'm, I'm pumped. And there's so many possibities. I hope. I hope, well, I don't hope. I mean, it's pretty like it seems like pretty sure that we're gonna get the fatal four way match, but maybe they might like swerve. I don't know. Con, don't do that. Just give us the fatal four way match and don't give it to us on TV. That's not a TV match. That's a, that would be a stupid decision. No, it's that's a pay per view match. That's a match where I don't want uh picture in picture ruining it. I don't want commercial breaks ruining it. I want that as a pay per view main event. You think that? I think that's they got enough star caliber in that match, star power in that match. All four of them are doing fantastic work. I think Jungle Boy is kind of underrated and how with well, a big step step he's taken in the last year. Like I think I was worried for a long time that he never really be a true four pillar and not be on the level of star as to others. I was fucking wrong because he looks fucking great and he's he's I'm very interested in his character development and this edge he's got to him. He's got that bad. He's a badass man. He's a badass. I'm jungle boy. Jack Perry's got it, dude. He's definitely, he's definitely got it. It's proven me wrong. I mean, I thought he was just a fun match guy before, but now I think he's a, a great character too. Darby Dar Darby. I always criticize mainly because I just don't want to get too attached because he I he just scares the shit out of me every time I watch him wrestle. And I think he's gonna die and I don't want to get attached to a guy that's just that crazy, but nothing but respect for him. And I think maybe that's the guy that if MJF doesn't retain, I think that's the guy that put it on though of these four. I think all four are deserving of it. I've always been a huge Sammy fan. He's been one of my like favorites in AW. But um even with the hate he gets now, but Darby, I think if MGF doesn't retain, 
I think that Darby is the four pillar I'd like to win the most, but I do want MJF to retain because the guy I want to take the title off MJF eventually, not anytime soon, because this guy kind of t- is taking a break from AW and doing some ring and our stuff. It's Eddie, but you know, that's, that's a discussion for another day. That's my ideal. Got to take it off. But yeah, if, if MJF went, loses this fatal four way match, I think Darby's the guy. Yeah, and I know that's a question I posed to you is could realistically MJF lose here? And I feel like Darby is definitely out of any of them, probably the one. I think Jack Perry has gotten a long way. Like you said, the Christian feud was what he needed and he really needed to be Christian because that feud just went on for a very long time. Got a little convoluted at points. I know Christian got hurt and that definitely like threw a wrench in some of the plans, but it... It is not really the time for him. I feel like he just needs a few more bigger wins where like Darby already has the big wins. He has Sting on his back, who is a big enough star where like, you know, anything that they get involved with is going to be marquee. And Guevara, I'm not the biggest Sammy fan. The JAS stuff is just like gone on for too long, in my opinion. Just his his general alliance with Chris Jericho has just gone on for too long, in my opinion. Like I love the sex gods, don't get me wrong, because like funny, that's pretty funny. But like I just think he'd do better, not like in the Dominic Mysterio role, but in the sense of like just playing into being a prick more. Like people like you when you're being a prick, Sammy, because you can go in the ring. I'll never, ever doubt the fact that he's a good talent in the ring, but it's just, I, I don't think I'd pull the trigger on him. I really don't think I'd pull the trigger on him just yet, but Darby, I, I, I'd say you could, he is a former TNT champion, multiple time TNT champion. And I, I think he's had MJF's number a little bit too, you know, in terms of like their feuds and just promo battles and i feel like he is just a good underdog story to be told and him to walk out with a world championship would he be the first person to ride down on a skateboard in the ring with the championship belt around his waist i can't think of anybody else uh i think so that's pretty cool man that's pretty cool yeah i i think that aw is doing a phenomenal job here too, because it's putting three guys into the main event too. more guys than they need. I know that's one thing you and I discussed recently in an episode of, they don't really have too many main event guys right now outside of like, you know, their big hitters, like Mox, Danielson, Hangman, Kenny, those guys, those guys are also been established stars. Hangman a little bit less, just, but Hangman still was around for, a lot of the bullet club stuff and ring of honor stuff too. So like, can you really say hangman's a homegrown talent? You can, and you can't, but anyway, this is AEW putting their, their four pillars, literally guys who started from day dot. And here they are in the main event. And I think every single person and the crowd reaction from that segment too, and the internet reaction from that segment too, proves this is a good move by AEW. Everybody likes it. Everybody's curious to see what happens. And I do believe that MJF could realistically lose if that four-way were to happen. And Juice, I'm sure people have plenty of opinions about the things we talked about today because we did talk about some kind of controversial stuff today. So if they want to let us know, they can do that on social media. Where can they find us on social media? Well, you go on Twitter, 
you know, you open up your phone, click on the app, you type capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D. Then you head to Instagram, you type T O T C underscore P O D. Yes, and as we come crashing down to the map on this episode of Top of the Cage, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, you do not leave us a five-star review. That means that you, specifically you, that person not leaving us that five-star review, will not get five-star content, and that is just a fact. Fact. And again, thank you all so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time.